So we got a lot to get to in the show today. Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com, is going to join us coming up at 11 a.m. this morning. Big win for Oklahoma last night. Ten seconds to go, and they'll dribble it out. Win column Sooners. Game over. Final score tonight in Norman. Oklahoma 70 and Texas Tech 55. Uh, you heard from Roger Goodell in the meeting with the media yesterday, so we got some Super Bowl talk, uh, more stuff from Joe Burrow to get to. Is there a chance that we see James Harden traded today? We're about six hours away from the trade deadline. We don't expect much activity, if any, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, Sooner Softball gets underway. we got a little bit of, of Jada and Coach Casso we're going to share as this show rolls on. But right now, we are pumped to celebrate the anniversary of one of our great partners. He is Gary Cavins, Cavins Construction, 12 years old today. You uh, consider businesses, you add, like, dog years to it, so seven years. So this is the 84th anniversary of Cavins Construction. Hey, Gary, congratulations, man. You guys have been, obviously, a godsend for us. We've appreciated your support, unlike you could ever imagine it. I, I say this, what was that old line, Hair Club for Men? It's like, I not only, you know, endorse a product, but I use it. Uh, I use Cavins. They, whenever I moved into my house, they helped fix all the issues and my residential, including plumbing needs, including some uh, hot water heater needs, you name it, they do it. And Gary, we're just we're grateful. What's uh what's it like reflecting on twelve years today? Uh, it's amazing. You know, we uh, we enjoy what we do. We enjoy coming to work every day, and we enjoy the opportunity to serve our customers. And um, you know, the it's just been a blessing. Uh, all the uh, customers have taken care of us through all the years. Yeah, so from your perspective, uh, just take us through evolving. For those that aren't familiar, right, you just opened up in the Tulsa area over the last month. People can touch base at 918-282-7612, or everyone can check out cavensconstruction.com, Oklahoma City Metro, Norman Metro, Tulsa Metro, you name it, you got them. Kind of take us through the genesis, the birth, and kind of the growth of Cavins Construction, Gary. How'd this all start? Well, Cavens Construction started, obviously, 12 years ago. It actually started, I didn't have a lot of money, and um, I uh, started with the tax return, and I actually started out uh, with the first year of Cavens Construction's existence was a lawn care company. Um, and then it evolved from there to remodeling, handyman remodeling, and then it kind of evolved to uh, multi-million dollar commercial construction and facilities maintenance and environmental um, and um and kind of went from there. So it's, it's been a, it's been quite a ride. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in training and continuing education and developmental classes along the way. And um, we've got a ton of certifications and we've just grown and grown and grown. Congratulations, man. Uh, it's big time, but also the work is never done. And we went through quite the weather roller coaster and I don't think we're done, but you know, kind of just take me through then the craziness of the last couple of weeks because, you know, that, that freeze keeps you busy. The snow with some of the snow removal you're able to do, I can imagine it was a pretty wild week. It was. It was. You know, you have our uh, full-service remediation department. Make us your first call. You know, water busted pipes, so water extraction. Uh, we have plumbers available to deal with busted pipes, and, and they were all, both teams were working hard last week. Uh, snow removal. We do snow um, snow removal. We have plow trucks. We have tractors. And, you know, we worked um, almost 
the tail end of last week, getting snow removed and getting businesses open. Um, and, you know, so it's just uh, our facilities maintenance side between the uh, plumbing and the uh, emergency water extraction, structural drying and snow removal is, was full speed last week. That's amazing. That's amazing. Can you can you kind of take us through now as homeowners, as things start to thaw out, just on the residential side, uh, well, I say just on the resident, on the business side of this too, you know, if you're worried about areas foundationally, I mean, what are some things you need to be aware of, like water in your vents? What are some things that you need to really be keeping an eye on as we start to thaw out a little bit? Yeah, if you know, one thing to keep in mind for uh, broken pipes are, are just fractured pipes. Um, you know, uh, houses that don't have slabs underneath the house will be real wet. Um, and you sometimes you can hear water, too. Um, you can see water spots on your walls, um, carpet that's wet, um, you know, maybe from an exterior faucet that's been um, affected. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, also the storm can cause uh, when you have a lot of ice and build up like we have on the roofing side, you'll see ice damming, which will have some sheetrock affected. And, and stuff like that, and that happens in Oklahoma. Uh, some of the northern states, we the, the the way they roof, they put ice and water through the entire roof. Um, Oklahoma's a little bit different in the standards down here, um, and so sometimes you see some ice damming damage from from storms too. Now, uh, one thing before we let you get out of here, Gary, the the whole kind of process of of helping on the maintenance side of things has always been fascinating to me because business owners right may have had to downgrade maybe they don't have the same or i shouldn't say downgrade maybe they've had to change their uh personnel maybe they've had to uh kind of change their structure they might not have a maintenance person maybe it's a a facility that they haven't been in in a while you can be a turnkey one-stop shop for all things maintenance for businesses tell us how Yes, we are. We are actually perfect for that. We can help with plumbing, heating and air, electrical, uh, painting, uh, doors, millwork, flooring, acoustical ceiling, uh, glass. The list goes on and on and on. We're your one-stop shop for your business uh, facilities, your store, um, whatever you have business-wise that you need. We can. We're one-stop shop. We can help you with everything. Call us with any of your maintenance problems, and we can get them resolved quickly, efficiently, and at a fair cost. And then on the plumbing side of things, that's full service, man. Uh, and I know those guys have been busy, Gary. Roofing side of things, maybe there was some ice areas and you're seeing a little bit of leakage. You guys have everyone covered on that front. That's right, 100%. We're here to help in any way or shape we can. Uh, you're the man. Thanks, Gary. I'll see you back next Thursday, man. Sounds great. Thanks, Chris. Uh, it's Gary Cavins, Cavins Instruction. One of the busiest men I've ever been around in my life. And that's a good thing. And he's always there to help you. Call Cavins today. That number, 405-573-3048, or online at cavinsconstruction.com. Okay, this is a little bit concerning. Did you see what I Bleed Crimson just tweeted at me? Apparently, according to... At AccuWeather, the, there's been some issues with the loss of dozens of spacecrafts, which, according to this headline, is a multi-million dollar blow 
to SpaceX. The Starlink business plan will survive, but there is a concern that some of these satellites might pose a risk to Earth as they fall back and burn up in the atmosphere. Um, great. Good times. Perfect. Yeah, I guess caliber. A solar storm knocked out 40 SpaceX Starlink satellites. 40 of the 49 for the broadband communications. I guess it's not supposed to shut them down, though. They, they, they think they will stay afloat, SpaceX. If, if I lose 40 of 49 of anything... Yeah, I'm done. I That's think it. I, I think I'm done. I'm too upset well, we to lost. continue. <laughs> 40 of 49. Oh, and big news breaking this morning, Josh Helmer, in a topic that neither you nor I have spent much time talking about at all. Of the professional sports that we have spent zero time on, I would say baseball is right there, correct? Yeah, we have talked very briefly. What's going on? Is there breaking news? Rob Manfred this morning. We have agreed to a universal designated hitter, which was one of the items he is listing in making case current Major League Baseball proposal is better than the previous CBA. Now, that's not really well written, Andy Martino, but his point is baseball has scoffed. Uh, The Players Association has kind of shut down the most recent submission by MLB because of just the difference between the amount of money they want, the amount of money, the base. What do we say? It's like 130 mil, and baseball is like, here's $10 million. But Rob Manfred says, no, no, this proposal is better than the previous CBA because we have agreed to a universal designated hitter. Are you ready for a DH in the National League? I say yes. I'm good with it. Sure. Yeah. I I am. I'm an AL guy, so. Yeah, so you've lived it with the the Royals. I do want to say it does implode one of my favorite conversations, Josh. You know, and again, I my first year in radio was after I graduated from college in the summer of I want to say '97, and I'll never forget some of those fun early conversations. Was should the designated hitter be in the National League as well? Your calls four six zero fourteen thirty. You know, I was right up there with the Does Pete Rose belong in the Hall of Fame? So this is kind of taken away from now. Oh, I guess it can be kind of, you know, nuanced, right? Is this a good thing for the National League? Does it lose some of its identity? Three two nine nine thousand. Call me right now. Uh, Universal DH doesn't bother me. I kind of like watching pitchers pitchers struggle to hit. It's one of my favorite things. Like, oh, here comes. Well, Clayton Kershaw could always hit, but. Like, here comes Juan Nunez. This is the first time he's ever swung a bat. And he gets in there and he just, the dude looks like, here comes Ryan Foster. He uh, never swung a bat in his life, and now he's going to stand in the batter's box against Clayton Kershaw. How I guess from has, that front, it's a good thing, right? How has the designated 
hitter ruined the National League. Your phone calls next. It's a. This is probably. I I know that National League purists enjoy watching pitchers hit and the the double switch and some of the some of the coaching elements to this that are are lost with the designated hitter. But for a game in Major League Baseball that's trying to keep a young fan base engaged, attract new fans, having more talented hitters hit is probably the right way for the game to go. I know that there'll be some that this will be a hot debate for. I kind of – I've said this before. I sort of always dug the difference between the two leagues. I thought that made interleague games fun. I thought it made the shifting in sight of the World Series games. I thought that made it fun, the difference between the American and National Leagues. But I was never real ironclad one way or the other that – we, you have to have the DH in both, or you, there shouldn't be a DH period. So this, to me, is news much much to do about nothing. And for Rob Manfred to sit up there and act like this is, in any way, shape, or form, a big puzzle piece to getting baseball <laughs> yeah, back I, on track is an absolute joke. Well, I, I, I do think at the core of it, that's the funniest part of this whole thing, is, you know, it's – I'm trying to think of a – of a really good analogy here. I don't know if we'll ever top the old, uh, I didn't take these players from Oklahoma. I took them from the transfer portal. And then someone that said, listen, I'm not eating McDonald's. I got DoorDash. I mean, that's pretty fantastic as far as analogies that fit. But in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's like you go and ask for a raise. You go to your boss's office and you're like, hey, um, I feel like things have been going well. I work very hard. I feel like I've done a lot for this program. I'd like a, I'd like a two thousand dollar a month raise. You know I, that factors out to twenty four grand a year. I just think I'm worth it. And then when they do that, the boss says, "You know what? I'm gonna knock off thirty minutes of your work week." <laughs> what? What? Yeah, you can leave thirty minutes early on Friday. How about that? It's kind of what this is, right? It's almost as if you, the great Eddie Murphy line. Whenever he was talking about Johnny Carson's wife, it's from Eddie Murphy Delirious or Eddie Murphy Raw. And he's like, Johnny Carson's wife knew that he was rich before she met Johnny Carson. Like, what does she work at a little boutique? She's like, here, Johnny, we now have $100 million and $1,000. You know, it's like you're, you're separated here by hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And you're like, okay, 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 listen, we'll give you the universal TH. Just so dumb. We're not playing baseball this year. I mean, I know the whole idea of deadline spur action. But if, Josh, if the players really dig their feet in and as the owners stay dug in, I'm not feeling good about this season getting started on time. No. And there's still the residual lingering bad blood. I mean, there's been bad blood between the – Players Association and the owners for a long time. But there's also recent bad blood because of the way things were handled a couple of years ago. Not good is what you're trying to say, Josh Helmer. And we said then, we said then that that was going to be a problem, that trying to limit that season and cut pay the way that the, the owners wanted to do that, once we got to this point where you're negotiating this collective bargaining agreement, there were going to be some feelings that were left over that were going to make this 
a stalemate, and here we are. All right, we got to take a break. I wanted to uh, say you're welcome, Steve Marshall, TJ Perry, Trake. That's the most baseball we've talked on this show in quite a while. And do not ask more but, from us. This is all we've got yeah, for a period I, of time. Until Skip Johnson's team takes the field, I'm good. By the way, speaking of OU baseball, I'm getting pretty jacked up about what Coach has coming on that pitching staff from everything I hear. I know it's a lot of new faces. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Got to get out to Mitchell Park. I think baseball will have played like 15 home games before we even get back to the States. They're not or get, get back to the uh, state of Oklahoma. I love it. They're not messing around. Tips put together an awesome schedule for baseball this year. Ryan Gates put together an awesome schedule for baseball. Hey, I hope they stay locked out. I hope they stay without Major League Baseball because I think it will shine more of a light on the incredible products we have in college and baseball and softball. All right, quick break. Uh, a little Patty Gasso next. So triggered right now, Josh. So triggered. That's good. Uh, that usually after- leads to good radio from you. No, no, no. I I understand. I, I get it. I know every single property needs digital ads, but only some of y'all that can that put together these newspaper website layouts, what are you doing? What are we doing? I mean, even places where I have a subscription. I can't navigate your website because you have pop-up ads everywhere. And then there's a pop-up ad to ask me if I want to subscribe. Even when I am a subscriber, then I say no thanks. And another pop-up ad. If I don't move my mouse quick enough, another pop-up ad pops up. I mean, there's nobody that runs a business that has to think that that helps their product. I will not shop at your place because of your stupid pop-up ad in the middle of me trying to read a story. That's why you all need to spend on radio, where there's a set place for it. We integrate it into our conversations. Oh, I, I'm literally on a on a newspaper's website, on that AL.com, and I had kind of been away from it for a little bit. I had to buy a subscription so I could read all the Brian Harrison stuff, and I actually had it, I think, from back when we played Alabama and Kyler Murray. It's probably one of those things on all those commercials that you see, Josh, that – uh, it says, do you go through your uh, – they can go through and see all the things that you're paying that you didn't know about. This is probably one of those things for me with this AL.com. Move your mouse slightly. Boom. And the pop-up ad comes up. I was away from that story for like two minutes. I click back through. There's three other ads playing. What are we doing? <sighs> anyway, welcome Frustrating. back to the show. I'm, I'm beyond frustrated right now. But I will say <laughs> – I do have a Brian Harson update a little bit later on in the show, in the top five stories of the day. Joey Helmer is coming up at 11 a.m. this morning. And uh, after the break, bottom of the hour, yesterday there was some buzz on Perrion Winfrey from the NFL First Draft podcast with Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. Got all my notes. I'll share them with you coming up in just a bit. The good news on that front is, Josh, that we, we appear to be having a lot of buzz building towards Perrion Winfrey knocking on the door at the bottom of the first round. The bad news is I haven't heard much about any of the other guys, right? Brian Osamoa uh, was named the defensive practice player for his team, and that's voted on by the guys that you practice against, so that's pretty cool. But I haven't heard much more than that. You know, Tyrese Robinson, Marquise Hayes have both, you know, they've, they've run their uh, game. I think what Tyrese was at the East-West Shrine game. Marquise was at the Senior Bowl, but – 
I haven't heard much about guys making moves outside of Perion. And as long as I, – I think what? We're in a position where if Perion gets in the first round, we're good to go, right? We feel really good about things. As long as we don't get in a situation where you have dudes completely falling out of the draft. Well, and I think we're just kind of getting going in right. this process here. We've had the senior bowl. We'll have pro days in the combine, and you and I – are both of the opinion that Nick Benito, once he gets the chance to run and, and do some things yeah. at his pro day and combine, he's got the chance to really wow some folks and potentially secure himself pretty squarely into the second round, depending on how each of those go, pro day, combine. Yeah, um, agreed. So we'll get to that coming up at the bottom of the hour. But let me pay off my tease here real quick. It's 1028 on a Thursday. Plank Show today uh, brought to you by Cavens Construction. Thanks to Gary for hanging out with us at the top of the hour, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Sooner Sports Podcast dropping a softball preview here in just a bit. And we had a chance to talk to Patty Gasso uh, earlier on the show. And I'd asked her in anticipation of today's opening day game for the Sooners out here against UCSB. Is it different in 2022? Because last year it appeared as if the pitchers were really struggling against the hitters. This year it seems like it's the exact opposite. Well, I know JT's a boy, but maybe I should be blaming JT for this problem. <laughs> Our hitters can't hit on. <laughs> um, it is uh, quite interesting to watch how this complete shift from one year to the other. And uh, it's frustrated as our hitters are with some of it I know that they're going to know in the long run it's the greatest thing that could happen to them so they're just facing some really tough pitching and they're not I mean our scores last year in the fall um were like if we have an inner squad it might be 14 to 12 uh, these are the good old days. This is like the 2-1 ball game. This is the 3-2 type. There's just not a lot of runs being scored. And uh, our pitchers are making our hitters work. But I can tell you with some of these pitching hitting matchups, I wish people could be there to see it because it is intense. When you're watching, say, our freshman Jordy Ball against Jocelyn Allo, it's something to watch. Because uh, they're, they're going to be, well, Jordy is going to be one of the better pitchers in the country, along with Nicole May and Hope Trotwine. But Jossie's about to break the home run record that Lauren Chamberlain holds and be the NCAA um, record holder in home runs. So you're watching competition at its finest. We get to see it every day. It is intense. And uh, so I'm not worried. Our, our our hitters are a little worried, but I'm not worried. Because, uh, this is that whole iron sharpens iron adage. There you go. Uh, it, it is, if you think about it, just a, a quick note on softball. And, again, 4.30 today, uh, download the – I'll, I'll pour it through on Twitter. But you can download the iHeartRadio app, search Franchise 2, and you'll be able to find it or tune in at um, Soonersports.com slash radio. We'll have all the information. I just, I'm so 
interested in what the opening day lineup is going to look like. And I won't lie, I haven't bugged Coach about it too much. We were we were talking travel last night when I had a few minutes with her. I, I didn't get too nosy on the lineup. But, I mean, there's going to be... <laughs> There's going to be some really, really good players that aren't going to be in the starting lineup, right? And it's going to challenge the patient. There's there's a really good chance. Josh, I think Alyssa Brito starts at third over Jana Johns. I think there's a, a really good chance that, you know, either a Taylor Snow or a Lindsey Elam starts at first, and one of them is, is, is going to be probably on the bench. There's a, you know, there's a great battle going on in the outfield where – you know, you got two or three freshmen that could go start anywhere in the country, and they're going to start the season probably not playing very much. So this is going to be a fascinating year in kind of lineup balance because you gotta you got to be pretty selfless to play on this team just because of how talented it truly is. There is star power from top to bottom in the lineup. Now, I'm not sitting here. I know some people I've 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 looked on social media that say things like undefeated. They, I don't think Coach Gasso wants them to go undefeated. I don't think you want that. Uh, first of all, it's probably not going to happen. But there's going to be you want to have a few times where your team can learn from um, adversity, and I think they're going to have. Uh, listen, Saturday night's a great example. That's a really Really good UCLA team on Saturday night. You know, Houston is better. And, you know, at the very least, we play them, I think, four times this year. But that first time, you're going to get their ace. And that's always kind of that challenge. You look at Tennessee and Arizona, who you're going to play later. It's going to be, Josh, a time where I don't want to look at something and say, yeah, you know, however many games there are in the regular season. 60, I want to see him run the table. Sure, everyone does, but I don't. I don't know if that's a goal that you should be thinking about. I think the goal is to be playing their best ball whenever May comes around. You know, college basketball has March Madness. Um, softball has May Madness. And uh, Mayhem, as Beth Mowens has dubbed it. And the reality is that's when you want to be playing your best. This team just happens to be talented enough to where you can have those conversations about running the table, and they're not too terribly far-fetched based on the kind of talent they have. Yeah, I would agree. You probably don't say undefeated season is the goal. Though we saw Oklahoma go a long ways last year uh, yeah. in in um, having the unblemished mark. So, yeah, silly goal to have probably. The, the goal should be what Patty Gasso has alluded to in on, on this show and in some of her season availability preview prep, which is – Make this team the make your goal to have this team be remembered as arguably the greatest softball team in college softball history. And I don't know that there needs to be a goose egg in the record no. column uh, in order for that to be the case. If you take that approach, who knows? You, you you might even get to that point where you go undefeated. But probably trying to have that in your mind of going unbeaten is a little ambitious. Yeah. Not bad, but it's just don't lose your mind if they lose a game. I think it's kind of my point. It's going to be okay. If we happen to trip up against UCLA, which I don't think they will, I think they'll beat UCLA, it's okay to be like, oh, man, tough start. We're going to be okay. 
This team's going to be fine. But I'm really excited to see the pitchers and how they're used, right? How does Jen Rocha use them? Is it is it ride a horse? Is it you, you get your – your leader in Jordy Ball, and you just everyone jumps on board. Is it more balanced with Nicole May? Do we see an Emmy Guthrie or one of these freshmen get an opportunity? Is Macy McAdoo back healthy how she needs to be? There is a lot of fun for this team, and we'll have you covered coming up this afternoon at 4.30 with the first pitch for OU and UCSB to kick off the season. And then we're off to Irvine, California for the Mark Campbell Classic. All right, 10.36 on the Plank Show. When we come back, what's the buzz around Perrion Winfrey leading up to the draft? Joey Helmer in 25 minutes right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I was, uh, I'm voting on my uh, Norman Transcript Readers poll. Um, let's see here. And I just, I, I had to say, th- their best social media presence, I don't know any of these people. So how can I vote for someone with the best social media presence when I haven't heard of any of them? Is that good or bad? I mean, I won't say it on the air because I don't want to, like, put anyone on blast outside of my man Tyler LaRue at Norman Stamp and Seal. But I, I don't know any, any of those people. I totally voted for Perry on Sports Talk as the best local radio personality. That's that's vote number one. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. How do you get on this list? Uh, good question. Uh, I don't know. They asked me to change my vote on something that I haven't voted on yet. How is that even possible? What's going on here, Norman Transcript dot Second Street App dot com? What's going on here? Uh, I I did want to make one vote very public. The um, let's see, where is it? Boy, this is very hard to navigate. The best Asian food was tough. But in the world of Chris Plank, nothing beats Thai Delight on Jenkins and Norman. Uh, a question, Josh. Best bagels? Now, listen, I'm not here to try to be Judgy McJudgerson, right? But best bagels? I mean, do we really need a best bagels category? Well, I mean, why how not? Do you screw up, how do you screw up a bagel? I mean, what's that? Best bread? I mean, it's, it's a bagel. For goodness sakes. Why do we need a best bagel category? Well, somebody that wins best bagel will be happy there's a best bagel category. Uh, probably true. Boy, this is tough. This is tough on the best bakery. Um, and it's also tough on the best barbecue, too. Because, I mean, you know me, I'm a big meeting place fan. Kudos to the Norman Transcript. They do this every single year. And it's... It's something that uh, is near and dear to our heart. By our, I mean every single person that's on the list except Josh and I and Steely and Parker. So, <laughs> Right, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that seems to be a trend, doesn't it? <laughs> um, all right, listen. I'm all in on draft talk. I love the NFL draft. Uh, in fact, the term that could probably be used is issues whenever it comes to the NFL draft. Uh, I have my little notepad that I carry around with me. Uh, They were making fun of me last night. I was sitting next to Grace Green on the plane, and she goes, oh, is that notes for the game? And I'm like, no, this is my draft notebook. (laughs) Um, And there was a lot of talk about Perion Winfrey. So here is, 
you know, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay do the first draft podcast. Apparently now it involves people doing everything but talking in a microphone. So I apologize by all the paper shuffling and everything that takes place behind it. But here is Mel Kuyper talking about someone that he thought hurt himself a little bit at the Senior Bowl, but it ends up turning into high praise for one Perry on Winfrey. When you think about another player, Ed Ingram from LSU got a ton of publicity, as a lot of those LSU Bayou Bengals did. Uh, you know, when you think about the great year they had in 2019, but he had some struggles. And again, Perry on Winfrey getting beat by Winfrey is not an indictment. Perry on Winfrey, you know about a game face, you know about a guy who had brought a mean streak and brought intensity and went down there as a business type situation, as a professional. Perry on Winfrey did that for Oklahoma. I think he made himself a lot of money down there, and a lot of guys did this week in the trenches. Those defensive linemen that couldn't be blocked by those offensive linemen. Certainly made some money, but you have to realize they had the edge physically, maybe over the guy they were going up against. And in this case, certainly Winfrey did. But I think you look at it overall and say maybe Ed Ingram now drops down just a bit in those guard rankings and probably a later day three type of pick. Here's a couple of other things. There's there's some more left on Winfrey that I want to get to in our next segment. Slanting didn't really fit his style and Teddy can attest to it we did a lot of slanting with this defensive line Perion Winfrey is first step burst is what has caught everyone's eye um he moved him up Todd McShay did and you'll hear this when we come back to 43rd in his rankings talked about his professional attitude Josh I just I mean listen I think Perrion Winfrey went out for himself, and I'm not here. I've said this a lot on the show, and I don't know. you know, In what I just said, I know this might contradict it a bit. I don't think that it was something where the coaches held him back. The style didn't maybe necessarily fit his strength, but I give all the credit to Perrion Winfrey, who went out, treated it like a business, and made the most of it and might have put himself in a first-round conversation. No, he did put himself in a first-round conversation. Not might have. Well, and I think, you know, another good way to look at it is has squarely locked himself into the second round. I think that he's got a chance at a late first-round draft selection now, and I don't think he's getting past the second round based on what happened down at the Senior Bowl. So he has made himself, no doubt, a lot of money after what was – Let's call it what it was, a disappointing final season at sure. Oklahoma. He, he flipped the switch. He made it count at the Senior Bowl, and I'm happy. Happy for him, man, to uh, see him do just that. You know, I, I guess I could, I could probably tell this now. I remember we were doing an interview with Coach Tibbs, and I was talking with Tibbs about looking at some of the mock drafts and what he thought about where – Perion was and he had I me mean, listen he had no idea no he's not looking at those nor does he care and I said you know they got they got Perion and, and Benito kind of like down in the middle to the lower part of the second round and he said he said yeah you need to let him know that you let him know that he's dropping down to that second round and that was a moment I think for most of us where you realize yeah this dude is ready for that next level right he's in his mind what he's doing out here he loves Oklahoma he loves the fans and he wants to win games but for him, it's about, you know, what's going to happen at the next level. And 
and I, again, I don't know if that is a magnification, Josh, of you know trying to make sure that you were uh, plugging in the right thing or are hitting on the right buttons to get him fired up this year, but it became very obvious from that moment on to me that one thing that would motivate Perrion Winfrey was getting that opportunity to go out and showcase his skills to the NFL. And when he got his first chance, he took advantage of it. Now, now as uh, Theodore put it so well, don't go by the Rolls Royce. Get ready for that next charge as one of the 11 Sooners that are going to the Combine. A little bit more on Perrion in the NFL draft when we come back. There's good stuff rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I just... I prepped so much for the show today, I want to get it all in. Plus, we've spent the last 40 minutes and haven't bragged about what Oklahoma did on the court last night with this big win over Texas Tech. We'll dive into a little bracketology, a little Todd McShay next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. Last night, though, first, Oklahoma beats Texas Tech 70-55. Big one coming up this weekend in Lawrence for the Sooners. Josh, what'd you say? A nine spot jump in the net last night for the Sooners? From forty eight to number thirty nine. So yeah, I mean you know, this time of year, nine spot jump always big leap forward. But sure. especially this time of the year, probably not going to see as much of that because you've got more more data points to to work with at this stage of the game. So just gigantic, gigantic dub. Massive, massive dub. Um, also last night in the Big 12, Baylor beats Kansas State 75-60 to in Manhattan, outscoring the Wildcats 41-26 to in the second half in a game that was tied at halftime. Sets up for a big weekend in the Big 12. Um, also, uh, big things going on in the NBA. All kinds of trades. Now, the Bucks have acquired Serge Ibaka from the Clippers. Uh, there is a lot of teams that appear to be involved in this deal. But the Kings have acquired Dominique DiVincenzo in what is a four-team trade that also includes Marvin Bagley going to the Pistons and the Bucks get Serge Ibaka. The Pistons are sending Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles to the Kings. Also, multiple second-round picks from Detroit are involved. Okay. That's a lot. But a big NBA trade involving Serge Ibaka on his way to Milwaukee. Meanwhile, anything to add to that? That wasn't James Harden or Ben Simmons, so the uh, NBA media isn't losing its mind yet. Yeah, if it's not Ben Simmons, James Harden, I don't know that I can talk about it. I don't know that I'm qualified to. (laughs) Meanwhile, I mentioned I wanted to get all of our Perrion Winfrey hype in this hour. You heard Mel Kuyper Jr. talk about Perrion Winfrey from his Senior Bowl performance. Here's what Todd McShay had to say. And then the third player that really jumped out to me in terms of moving up my rankings, Perrion Winfrey. From, from Oklahoma. Where you been, my man? And I know it, part of it was the scheme. They do a lot of slanting it at Oklahoma. It didn't really feature his strengths. His first step quickness was the best of any defensive lineman or defensive tackle, I should say, in Mobile all week long. It was like every single drill. Watch. Flying off the ball, penetrating, getting on the edge of offensive linemen. And by the time offensive linemen could get set, 
they had no chance. He was already working around the edge of them. He was productive throughout the week in practice. He had a sack in the game on Saturday, and I've bumped him up to uh, to number 43 overall in this class. I think he could be an early second-round pick. Some people may say that the, the nose tackle slash three-technique defensive tackle could wind up going late in the first, but that was a big move up for me from the third round to the early second-round range as the third defensive tackle in this class. You know, you brought up, Josh, that – Oklahoma's basketball team moved up nine spots in the rankings, right? They moved up uh, to the top 40, 39th to be exact. If you're able to move, and again, I know, uh, I'm, I'm perspective, Todd McShay's rankings aren't the end-all, be-all rankings. But, but if you're able to move up from the th- bottom of the third to the top of the second, maybe even the end of the first. Can you imagine how much more that could jettison up for Perion after the combine? If he performs well at the combine? Oh, if he blows it out of the water, he's got a chance to play himself into being late first round type pick, which he might have already done to this point. I mean, at this point, it's maybe just don't screw it up with what happens at pro day in the combine. I wonder, I, I don't know how much, when they look at the tape, if there are, because I never saw any, but I I don't assume there would be any effort issues. I wonder if when they look back at the tape, they see, uh, that scheme he was in doesn't necessarily showcase his strengths. I wonder if that's going to be the knock, or if they're going to look at it and say, our man needs to elevate on the effort level a little bit. It'll be interesting. Because, you know, if there's one thing that I've learned in, in over living the draft is after the senior bowl, the, you know, the guys that have, that have popped, you know, you start thinking about names like uh, Christian Watson, the receiver out of North Dakota state, Shreek Mullen, the cornerback out of UTSA who came into college as a wide receiver, you know, maybe even an uh, Isaiah likely the coastal Carolina playmaker uh, tied in. They'll go back and watch film. Now it's like, okay, I got to give these guys a second look and see what, what I missed the first time around. I wonder if that'll be good for Perion. We'll talk about it with Joey Helmer next on the Plank Show.